0: You're now locked in to HBCU Pulse. We're the number one outlet for HBCU life. Talking about everything that's important to our culture. From on-campus issues to politics and what's trending on the yard. We always keep that same energy. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to HBCU Pulse Radio.
1: What's going on everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and the host of HBCU Pulse Radio in the building for another special edition of the show on today. We're talking HBCU sports, HBCU football in particular. So a lot to get to. Ariel, how you doing today?
0: I'm doing good. I feel like it's been so long. There's so much going on this weekend. So it's a lot to unpack right now.
1: It is. And you know, we, we're going to go on and hop into it because it's a lot to unpack with the SWAC championship on Saturday, the Bayou Classic, and then so much more that we're going to be discussing. So let's go on and get into it. Let's talk about Deion Sanders, Coach Prime. So he is 11-0. He was undefeated this season. I had a really great season, a couple of, of hiccups, and a lot of conversation about certain comments and the Eddie Robinson Jr. situation. But he's been mentioned in a lot of talks for coaching jobs for a lot of different schools. Of course, Auburn, Georgia Tech, it was different schools he was mentioned for. But we know definitively that Deion Sanders was offered a job at Colorado, and he even confirmed it. And a lot of folks in the media, Keyshawn Johnson in particular, on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN, like they've been pushing for him to take the job. It's some media members that say, hey, don't take that job. It's another job that's coming but a lot of HBCU folks are a little bit sad because it's like, dang, already? And like, it ain't been like a full two years. The season ain't even over yet. You still got the Celebration Bowl. If you make it out the SWAG Championship. So it's just a, a lot going on. So Aryo, I want, you know, just to, to toss it to you. So first and foremost, how do you feel about the fact that, number one, he's being offered these jobs, and number two, the fact that it seems like the media just continues to report these jobs and almost manifest him into these other jobs outside of Jackson State?
0: I mean, well, first, congratulations to Jackson State on having an undefeated season and then the swag championships. We know that's gonna be amazing and I can't wait to see them progress. So congratulations on that. To be honest, um, <laughs> and it's always me. It's it's Ari, it's in my name, starts with an A. We're always gonna play devil's advocate over here. I think he's a good coach. He's, he's beyond okay, but he's not great. But he is a good coach when it comes to knowing the game, positioning his players and making sure that they're doing what they need to do and execute it in practice so that way they can win and be an undefeated team. I'll give him props for that. What I don't want him to do is leave just yet, especially um, I think people are really gassing it, especially on ESPN, Stephen A. Smith, some other reporters that we look up to to put him all the way in the SEC, I think is a stretch. Because the SEC is a very, 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 very tough conference. Like you don't, you don't go in there without having those big Dosby boys and knowing what you're doing. You can ask Kirby Smart, you can ask all these other teams, you can even ask the, the former coach of Florida State. It is hard to stay within that job. And it it's also hard to cultivate a kind of culture where you're consecutively winning and producing playoff appearances every single year. Ask Alabama. X, the University of Miami. It's, it's not easy being in that conference. The Colorado State offer and everything else that's been going on. I feel like if he does it, you know, I'm not, I'm not against progression, but I feel like it's a little disrespectful for the media to keep pushing this because, you know, being in the media and doing what we do, I think we're, to us, and you know, this is probably being biased, but I think we're the most unbiased that I've heard. And I think it's a little disrespectful that you keep doing that to HBCUs, like, you got a good thing, and then you want to take it from us, where well, you just told us we need to produce more good things to get where you are. So, for PWIs and for other broadcasters to say, oh, well, maybe he should leave because this is an HCU. we don't know if they're going to get any better, we don't know if they're going to move, we don't know if they're going to maintain this kind of consecutive winning culture or if they're going to keep having these really really nice um, signing days and recruitments I just feel like it's really disrespectful and I kind of don't want him to leave I feel like there's so much more work that he could do with Jackson State you know build a little mini empire of sorts but from there I think he deserves it no SEC I think it's disrespectful that the broadcasters keep saying that he should go there but I want him to give Jackson State another year What, what do you think Randall am I wrong? So, I don't think you're wrong at all.
1: Um, I, I wish he would stay, and I know that the, the chatter is going to come. And and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say two things, because this is on, two things on my mind. So, the first thing is, like, I feel like, and I probably, someone's probably said this before, this is the obvious example for a guy, but I feel like Deion Sanders being at Jackson State is like having, like, a beautiful girlfriend, and it's like, you know these other guys are looking, you know what I'm saying? So, it's like, man. Like, are you secure enough to be with this beautiful woman that, you know, all these men want? I, that's how I sort of feel about Deion Sanders. I feel like we're not. <laughs> we're in very insecure therapy. OK, like, no, we're not. We don't want him to leave. We don't want him to go. I don't really want him to leave. I mean, I'm disconnected from it to a certain point because I didn't go to a SWAT school, nor did I, did I go to Jackson State. And I was here, you know, before Deion Sanders was here. You know, what I'm saying? I started 2015 as far as like, you know, being at Fort Valley and being a student. Then I started HBCU Pulse in 2017, and I was covering HBCU stuff as early as 2016. So I know life without Deion Sanders. I know life with Deion Sanders. And, you know, we've gotten views because of Deion Sanders. People have watched, you know, the podcast and listened to the podcast. And, you know, we've had different videos that have gone viral on YouTube and Instagram because it's Deion Sanders. But I'm sort of detached from it. Because I knew that he was going to be Eddie Robinson and not Eddie Robinson in the culture of winning But Eddie Robinson in being an HBCU lifer because Eddie Robinson didn't go to an HBCU But and also that was like, you know, the 19 like the 1960s 1970s where he really reigned and was dominant He retired in the 1990s. I felt like, you know, that's not fair to sort of have, you know, Dion there Or coach prime because people get mad if I say Dion, but like, you know, I feel like it's not fair you know, to say, hey, stay here for the rest of your life. When we know that he wants to go higher, we know he wants to coach higher. We know he wants to build upon his legacy. But I just feel as if, like, I I wish that we wouldn't always bring it up. And it's going to make us feel a certain type of way because we don't really know what's in his heart as far as where he wants to go and what he wants to do and when he thinks his time is up. But I will say this, because I said, like, you know, the relationship analogy. Let me say this, because I feel like, you know, it, I could peek out the, the window a little bit, you know, and sort of say, you know, just throw a rock and and, and run. I, I think Deion Sanders is a really good coach as far as setting the culture. And I think a lot of black coaches are like that for basketball and football. But I don't know if he's the best X's and O's coach. I honestly do not know. it's some questionable decisions that he makes. He has some great coordinators. I don't think he's grown and matured in that way. And I know that there are people who would disagree. And, Lord, like I got called a beta male last time I said something like this. So don't call me a beta male. Just call me something else. But, like, man, I, I just – I don't think he's the best X's in those coach. And everyone isn't that. Everyone isn't that. Some folks are great motivators. They're great developers. Deion Sanders, he is an amazing recruiter. And he knows football. But I just think that when it gets to those moments when we have a coach that's a tactician or has more experience – he sort of gets exposed. I think that you know, uh, Coach, Coach Buddy Pugh in, in the Celebration Bowl sort of exposed him. And the one advantage that Deion Sanders has that sort of trumps the X and O style of coaching is you have so much talent. Well, you have Shador at quarterback. You have Travis Hunter on both sides of the ball. You know, so you have all these amazing players, and they're going. And as long as he stays at Jackson State, he's going to continue to have great players. So those great players in that system with the quarterback such as Shador they're going to flourish. You know, same thing with the defense, he's a defensive guy. So they're going to flourish because they're so talented, but I can't say to Deion Sanders, Oh, he's a great X and O's coach. He knows, Hey, like offense, defense, this is the play to do. Cause I, I can't really say that. I, what, what we say often is that Deion Sanders is a great recruiter, but we don't say, man, he goes the hell out of that game. We don't say that. We say, man, he really got a hell of a recruit. That's what we say. So, I think that that can be an impediment to him at the next level, but no matter where he goes, I'm, I'm still watch. Like I, he, he, I'm, I'm going with him as far as like watching, but to, to me, I have sort of, like I'm, I'm sort of disconnected from the whole entire thing because I'm tired of the conversation. And if he wants to leave, just leave. I mean, we'll, we'll get over it. And we were good before he was at Jackson state. We're going to be better after, cause he did a lot of great things. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to wish him well. And a lot of us are still going to watch him because I am. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I feel about it.
0: I just, and and you know, when you say that, it brought up a point that I hope that his impact is lasting enough that if he did decide to leave, because it's, it's up to him. And I think being who he is, he could do it. I don't think it's a smart move to do now, but he could do it, making sure that his impact is lasting. Because the fear for me is if Jackson State, because the main the main thing is if Jack if he stays, is Jackson State going to pay him the way that he deserves to be paid? Because he de- he deserves to be to have a race big time. Y'all went to back to back playoffs. You're about to go back to back Celebration Bowl. This man deserves the coins that he has done for this program. So that's one of the things. But if they don't keep him, will Deion Sanders iterate that you know we still need players to sign and want to be recruited and make sure that those like five-star and four-star recruits are still wanting to go to HBCUs that's that's my only thing for me I think he's done great and like you said he sets the culture very well but make sure when you set the culture the culture stays there it doesn't just leave with you because my fear is If you leave and then you're just like, huh, I want to do better for my son, too, and you make your sons leave, it's kind of like, well, if they're leaving because they know they could do better, then I don't have to be here anymore. And then everything that he's done in the past two, almost three years, besides his coaching um, years, has depleted. So that, that's just my thing. I, I have nothing against him. I mean, We all know about our debate with Deion Sanders and what he's done and all that good stuff. But making sure the culture stays where it's supposed to. And if he does, he moves into the right decision. Everything else, I just, you know, like you said, I'm tired of the talk, too. But these, it's just stuff you have to think about. Is Jackson State going to step up? And if Deion Sanders decides to leave, I think he needs to talk to other people what his path is going to look like. But make sure the culture that he had remains at Jackson State.
1: I'm just I'm just listening to us talking. I'm like, they're gonna eat us alive. Like, <laughs> I just I'm just I'll just listening to it to it to us talk. They so are. listen, don't, y'all they don't are. eat us, don't eat us alive, y'all. We just we're just giving our opinion. We we on y'all side, okay? I'm about to say something real good about Jackson State. But like I'm, I'm just saying, I am because I'm on the HBCU side, of course. I wanna just say this. So I understand that and I'm looking at college football results.com, one of my favorite websites, because I learned a lot about history of all you know schools and their football programs. So from 2014 to 2017, Jackson State had four losing seasons. They were 5-7 2014, 3-8 2015, 3-8 2016, 3-8 2017. 2018, they were 5-5. Five five. 2019, they were 4-8. So, of course, we know that Deion Sanders came in and became the coach of Jackson State in 2020. Then, of course, they went 11-2, only losing two games. Of course, it's the Celebration Bowl... And now they're undefeated on this year. But 2013, eight and four. 2012, seven and five. 2011, nine and two. 2010, eight and three. 2009, they had a losing season. But 2008, seven and five. 2007, eight and four. Like they've had winning seasons in the past 20 years. So this one's I think of, oh, well, Jackson State was an albatross. Jackson State wasn't winning. It was all Deion Sands. And it was because he reinvented the program. For what it has been these past two years. But we have to not get it twisted because Jackson State is a great football program and they've won in recent years. Because there are some programs. Like if you look at, at Campbell's record, for example, when we like, oh, Campbell's gonna beat these different teams, they we realize, well, North Carolina A&T, they played good against A&T, but ANT beat them. You, you had Jackson State beat them, North Carolina Central should have beaten them. You know what I'm saying? So they really should be about, what, three and one? Because I'll give you Delaware State. Because Delaware State was okay this year. But North Carolina Central should have beaten Campbell. Jackson State did. North Carolina a and did. Look at their history. Their history ain't got nothing on Jackson State. There ain't no Walter Payton at Campbell. So it's like, that. that's the part that, that really irks me. Because to be honest with you, I don't think that Jackson State, if he were to leave, is going to just be zero and 11. I don't think that. Honestly, don't. I think that they're going to be just fine. Are they going to be beating everybody number one defense in FCS? Maybe not, but come on, it's Jackson State. They'll be fine. I mean, that's the part that, that really gets to me. If he leaves, he leaves. But I don't like the dragging of Jackson State and the dragging about how bad HBCUs are as we're talking about it. If he leaves, fine. Are there things we need to fix with HBCUs? yes we do a lot of things and i can go through the laundry list and we don't have the time but we're not the slums like i've been saying we're not the slums he didn't come to the slums he came to to jackson state university walter payton like he, like like, we want Shidore to win the walter payton award <laughs> like the walter payton award he went to jackson state i, I just that, that's all i got to say about it you know what i'm saying like i just stop dragging down jackson state and saying oh Deion sanders they leave is going to be LeBron James. I don't think that. I think that at the very least, they'll be Miami. <laughs> like, when LeBron left the Heat, they'll be Miami. They got, like, you know, they not going to be there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they make a playoffs. They did not want to win championships. But you know what I'm saying? But it's like, they'll be that. So, like, don't do that to them, all right? But <laughs> let's move on. Speaking of championships, let's talk about the FCS playoffs. So, last year, fam, you made it. They made it, and, you know, we were excited for them to make it again. Now, they started the year. They had 27 in- ineligible players. They played incredibly well against University of North Carolina. And, and University of North Carolina had a pretty good year. You know what I'm saying? And Drake May is like that. I've been watching his games. He's a great quarterback. So, you know, that was a great way to start the season, although they had those setbacks. And then, of course, they get beat 59-3 to by Jackson State. But by all measurements, they had a very successful season, and they ended 9-2. So, they didn't make the FCS playoffs. And there were some schools with significantly worse records that did. But the argument is that they had stronger strength of schedules. Now, during Thanksgiving, because Arya, we won't break, I had to sort of pop back into action on the D2 side because I saw a lot of folks that were blaming Albany State and saying, hey, this happens when you schedule with D2 schools. And my whole entire thing was Albany State's a conference champion. And that was the part I didn't understand, but that was quickly debunked by everybody. And they were saying, no, don't blame Albany State. Y'all got blown out by Jackson State. You know, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that's so not true. And then that's what D2 HBC football said when we did the video. So I, I wanna get your take on it because North Carolina ANT, you're you t you would not North Carolina A&T, and, you know, you know about the playoffs, you know, you know, about the playoffs, you know, about winning, you know, about beating out of conference opponents. So I want to notice based on you being an Aggie, what do you think about this whole entire FAMU FCS playoff situation?
0: You told me about this and I had to go into deep research because I was pissed. I was pissed about the deliberation of how they actually decided that they weren't going. Because in every article that I read and in all the research that I was doing, they still were ranked in the top 24. They were only choosing 24 teams and by the end of the season and making that incredible nine game winning streak comeback after losing to one in conference and one out of conference game. They ended up number 21 after all the controversy that you said about the ineligible players. And then they got a new athletic director and it was all that mess that was happening you decided because of this of the strength of schedule and other teams that it, and at some point it came down to the wire in which some people were saying it was how they finished the game what they did in the game and just analytics of yards and rushing and how it all came down to play and still after defeating all their standards you tell them that they can't play i'm highly disappointed just because everything that's happening, they worked so hard and honestly, looking at everything, there's no definitive reason why they should have done it. And that I think that's what makes me even more heated about the situation.
1: So I agree with all of your sentiments there. Um, the, the part that I really go back to and I went back to this when it came to, to the D2 playoffs, but it was sort of masked by the fact that number one, I wanted Fort Valley to get that nod in D 2 And also I was very excited for Union, Fable State uh, and Benedict. But the thing that I really go back to is how much do we value these white spaces? And I've said this a lot on our um, SIC spaces um, on Twitter, that how much do we value these white spaces? Because I think that a celebration mode is just fine. And I personally look at the Celebration Bowl now as, you know what? The Celebration Bowl should be the goal. They're the only conference. Well, you have the SWAC and you have the MIAC. The only two FCS conferences to have a bowl game. The rest of them are FBS. D2 doesn't have a bowl game anymore. Pioneer Bowl doesn't exist anymore. To me, that is the goal. You're losing money going to the playoffs. Now, do you want an HBCU to win a national championship? That'd be great. And if FAMU gets it, should they say no? I don't think they should. You no, know I'm saying because, like, of course, we know that the Swat gave up their auto bid to go to the Celebration Bowl, so we know that, and we know that FAMU was number two behind Jackson State on last year, and they made it. But I like a lot of the talk I've heard from off-script. Who you know, he he works with HBCU League Pass and a lot of other folks. I like the notion that we do an HBCU playoffs. I really like that. And that emerged as a a big conversation once FAMU didn't make it, like on the weekend before Thanksgiving when it came out on that Sunday that they didn't make it. Like that was a big conversation. And I like that so much better than the playoffs because I think that what we do is we try to search for validation from these folks that aren't in the community and it ain't black, that don't care about what we're doing. But we have such a unique experience from the band. So, you, you know, the folks care about the Greek life. They that like every ESPN game, they say, Well, Moke Kajin was an alpha. We know, like, they love some Greek life. They 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 talk about the Greeks more than the football players. Like, God, who who, play, who played for Mississippi? McDowell? Was it Jerry Rice? Was he Greek too? Like, we, we don't know because they talk about the Greeks. So, we know y'all love that so much. But you got the band, you have the Patentry, you have the Eddie Robinson, Pete Richardson, amazing coaches. There is such a different energy and experience when it comes to HBCU football, specifically in Division One, with the SWAC and the MEAC that I think that we're not selling because we're trying to get into these white spaces and really get white validation. You know, And, and it's, cool, it's, it's cool to call it out. You know what I'm saying? It's cool to say that because we have to find validation within who we are. If you're the HBCU National Champions, that's fine. Go be that. You won the Celebration Bowl. Because when South Carolina State won, everybody ran with that. Oh, Deion Sanders and his team lost. People ran with it. So how about we put value behind it because that's our thing. And then if college sports is supposed to be about making money, you're getting paid upwards of, what, $1, $2 million for being in the Celebration Bowl. You'll roughly lose money when you do the playoffs. So why why wouldn't you be happy with the with, with the place you get more money and more exposure? Because if you look at it, and I talk about it in my video where I broke down the ratings uh, for the Celebration Bowl, the Wack Challenge, as well as the Bayou Classic, for the longest time from 2015 to 2021, the Celebration Bowl was the only HBCU game on network television. It was on ABC. Other FCS conferences can't say that because they've been on ESPN3 and ESPN Plus and they want a ball game. So we got something that other conferences want and we're talking about, no, we want to go to the playoffs. What's the value of the Celebration Bowl? Like, I I just, I don't get it. We want validation so badly. I think as humans, because I think as humans, we want validation in general, but I think as a community, we want white people to think we're cool. We want other cultures to think we're cool. When we should just think we're cool and then people will come. Like, I, that's how I feel about the playoff thing. I, I went deep, but it, but it, I, already t- I already talked about the football side of when I did the thing. Uh, but that's, I, I've been knee-deep in research since Saturday about, about HBCUs. And I'm like, bro, this is such beautiful history from the recent records to the history of it to the pageantry, the culture. Why do we care that FAMU didn't make the playoffs? Why do we care? You know what I'm saying? Like, it was, like, it's so great, and then FAMU just got to win next year. If Deion Sanders leaves, y'all know what to do. You know what I'm saying? Y'all was number two, okay? Now you become number one. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just, just saying, FAMU Southern in the SWAT championship sounds pretty nice if, if Deion Sanders does leave and Jackson State doesn't keep players or get another high-profile or great coach, a great tactician coach. But, like, you, you lost to Jackson State two straight years. The first year is a great game. It could have gone either way. But this year you got blown out. You didn't make the playoffs. You want to make it next year? Cool. But I just do not think, in summation, that we should give up culture to go to the playoffs and most likely lose in the first round. Because we shouldn't be saying, oh, let's not schedule Albany State. Let's not schedule Fort Valley. Let's not schedule Benedict. Let's not give them that spotlight so we can go to the playoffs and get dusted in the first round because we don't know how to play out of conference. That's not what I want because I, I, I value the culture more than that. And I believe our culture can make millions and billions. If we sit at the negotiation table and really talk through it, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that, that's how I look at it. Ariel, what what do you think about, about that? I, I, I didn't take it football. I'm, I'm deep in the media thing, but what do you think, Ariel? <laughs> no, <laughs> because
0: in our when we start talking about this white championship, I need you to go like go in on the art, like guys. <laughs> article, he wrote an amazing article on the viewership or the value classic. If you haven't read it, please read it because I found out so much that I didn't I didn't even know. Like you, you need to know numbers, Ren. Thank you. He, that's, your, that's your guy. <laughs> that's your man. But I, I do agree. I I don't want to confuse, though, us wanting to progress and play bigger and ultimately better teams as trying to erase the culture that we have. Because you're right, that is true and that we do need to keep that. We don't need to try to get other cultures approved where everybody wants to be us everybody wants to have that celebratory band those those dancers they want to have the swag they want to have our greek life they want to have everything that we have and we don't want it we need to keep that culture we need to make sure that we're uplifting that and that it's staying and stamped on us now i i wouldn't mind seeing even if we lose you know sometimes that's that's how you progress you got to fall you got to fail you feel me but even if fam you did play a really nice PWI and they lost. I would love to see it because that's still encouraging to me that, hey, even though we lost, I can still make it. I can still do it. Because at the end of the day, the future is going to progress where we have to do that. It's going to be a sink or swim type thing. So I don't want to, and like I said, you're, you're right. We want to keep the culture, but we also want to progress and still maintain our culture, which sometimes is hard to do. We've seen it happen before. You know, not going to name names, but with certain HBCUs, when you try to chase things that you don't need to be chased, you lose what you already had. You, you lose the home that you already built. But, you know, that's that's that's, that's just me. I do like the idea, and I would have loved if maybe they, you know, Southern and FAMU battled it out. I would have loved to see that, maybe just one more game. But at the end of the day, this is what we got. This is where we're going. If Deion decides to leave, sorry to say, but maybe FAMU will become number one. I just hate seeing them this number two spot back to back and it's, it's frustrating, but what, what, what more can you say, man? (laughs) More can you do?
1: Let me give this because, because this popped in my mind. I hope this makes sense. I I feel like I'm on a roll. I hope this makes sense. So I'm, I'm am i I'm a wrestling fan. Right. And one thing about wrestling, when you look at the WWE, for example, there's other companies, AEW, you know, impact wrestling, you know, new Japan, there's other wrestling companies, but. The WWE, of course, is the most prominent because they were really the first to really, you know, go out there and go crazy. And, of course, they beat the WCW and bought them. So that that was a big thing, too. Um, But one thing about wrestling in the WWE that I really would love for the SWAC to sort of appropriate in all of our HBCU conferences is that the WWE doesn't try to be a sport. They're sports entertainment. They're wrestling. They're not changing for nobody. Like, like I, everybody, everybody's favorite wrestler is, is, is a guy that's supposed to be undead. The Undertaker that his eyes rolls, roll back. It takes some 20 minutes to walk to the ring because he's just so menacing and scary. Like, like they didn't, they didn't try to say, oh, this is LeBron James. This is Tom Brady. No, this guy is supposed to be undead and you can't kill him like that. Like that's what he's supposed to be. He's like, Hey, listen, this is what it is. We do these crazy storylines. We do all this different stuff but it's great athletes, it's great entertainment. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's serious. You get invested into these storylines. It's like theater, but but it's athletics. And they did fight to get sort of that recognition from the mainstream in bringing in folks like Ronda Rousey, Logan Paul, and folks like that. But they didn't say, we're a sport now. We're sports entertainment. And they say, we tell stories, we do this and that. I wish that HBCU conferences, especially the SWAC, could just lean into that. We are an HBCU conference that primarily services black people. That is our target market. We have a rich history. You know, we we have bands. We have Greek life. We have great coaches, great players. Here it is. If you don't like it, that's okay. Go turn on the Georgia game. That's fine. Go turn on Alabama. But if you do like it and this does interest you, watch it. Donate. It's fun because you because in business you can't attract everybody. And the WWE understood that. And what happened is that they became a world-renowned brand and they and they reached so many different audiences. Why can't the SWAC do that? Because other conferences don't say, hmm, I wonder what Randall and Ariel think about. No, they don't care. O- only, only these HBCU conferences care about well, we want to go to the playoffs to prove we can beat the non-HBCUs. Who cares? If if Jackson State or FAMU or Fort Valley or North Carolina AT plays all black schools for their schedule. I could care less. I really could. Because I'm like, hey, well, that means they're they're the the national the, the black national champion. That's what that was made for. So I, I, that's really the the thing that you know I go into. It's like, I just feel like a lot of the conversation around the playoffs in D2 as well. Because, you know, when we make the playoffs, no HBCU has won the D2 National na- national Championship, and Winston-Salem got close, and they got beat by Austin. which, of course, that's why I, I can't stand Valdosta on the football field. Great school. Great school. I know a lot of folks that went there, and I heard this it's a really good school, but I don't like them in football because they always beat the HBCU, except Albany State. Fort Valley beat them. I didn't mention that in the video I did about Gabe Gardena. Fort Valley did beat Austin two straight years 98 and 99, I believe. So we've beaten Vardosta before, all right? But they keep beating the HBCUs, and in recent memory, we haven't beat them. Ever since I've been able to walk and talk, we've not beat Vardosta, okay? Albany has, though. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for me, I just feel like we have to embrace our culture because I think there's money in our culture, and we have to figure out how to market to our culture and super serve this culture and create lifelong fans. And I think from there almost like hip-hop, other folks are gonna come that aren't in our community that think it's cool. And I think other people already do, but we're we're trying to chase this level of validation that I think that as we try to chase it, we're not getting it, you know what I'm saying? And I just think that, you know, we have to be smarter in how we handle business. You know what I'm saying? Really market the culture and where it's at. But I wanted to say this before we move on. So did the WWE reference make sense or did, did it make no sense at all?
0: <laughs> it, it It makes sense. It makes it 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 literally like encompassed everything. And when when you said that, I was thinking High School Musical, but more serious. Like High School, High School Musical. Musical actually, yeah, because WWE they. Oh, you talking about stick to the status quo? You talking about stick to the status quo
1: guy? Oh, not him.
0: No, I'm thinking of. <laughs> I'm thinking about in general, like, in, you know, because high school Musical, they were athletes, just like WWE was athletes, but they're also entertainment because they was a musical. They were singing, you know, and he was doing both. And that's the WWE. He, they doing the same thing. We're here to entertain I, I, you, but we, we were
1: athletes. I never, I never would have taken it. That I thought you were talking about when they had that black basketball player. That man won, I think, to cook. And they said, <laughs> no, 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 no. Stick no. to what you know. <laughs> Stick to the status quo. I mean,
0: Listen, a black man that can cook, let's not downplay it. <laughs> they were downplaying my-
1: no Disney. Movie. They had all of us like, you know what? I shouldn't cook. Like <laughs> <laughs> the power of me, I shouldn't cook. why, why am More I, I stick to what I know? <laughs> Your reference <laughs> stick- ref- makes sense. Your
0: reference makes sense. As you see, you stick to what you know. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong the audience will come. The audience will
1: <laughs> <calls the> <laughs> that listen, they 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 told that black man, listen, you better stick to basketball, sir. Don't don't, don't try to venture out and cook. And clean and be a good adult, you better play basketball. Like <laughs> the D so the Bayou Classic. So, you know, we're here. Of course, we're talking about division one, we're talking about championships. The same way we're talking about with uh division two, and it's exciting because this it just it feels big, man. You know, um the bayou classic, first and foremost, as you know, you point out I appreciate our you I'm not that great at math, so I'm glad someone says I'm good at numbers, you know. So that's that's really good. No, I'm I'm not good at math at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't saying it was true. Uh, but the Bayou Classic had 720,000 viewers on NBC. It was the first time since 2014 that the Classic was on network television. So I think that first and foremost, before we talk about, you know, the game, I think that's admirable. And I don't want to bloviate about it because we're, you know, running out of time, but you know you can watch my videos up now about, you know, this the Bayou Classic and those numbers in the article. But, You know, just the game itself, the atmosphere of the game felt very much like a HBCU game because a lot of the games just they feel like, uh, like like an HBCU playing in a college football game. You know what I'm saying? But this, they had like like set it off. You know, with Boosie playing, they had these black, you know, soundtracks. My guy, Michael Smith, was there. He tweeted me back. I was like, what? Michael Smith tweeted me back? I was like, my guy, Michael Smith. I mean, I'm an OG, he's a fan. He tweeted me back, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, that's my, I was like, that's my guy. That, that's my guy. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, whenever I, I'm very proud whenever I see him. Um, you know, but I just like the atmosphere. And then, of course, you know, we'll, we'll say this and move on to the football. That guy that was on the camera was not smoking a blunt. He was heating up ribs. Still very weird, very much so weird. He was not smoking a blunt, and I hate that. That was the takeaway from 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 the class. Not oh the the hurdle. I like you talk about the hurdle. That was the takeaway. The takeaway was oh he jumped over dude. It was is he smoking a blunt or is that a rib? It, it, it was a rib. It, it was it was still weird. It would like because don't no, you, you say that take it home and, and heat it up. We have air fryers now. You gotta have a lighter. Like oh, you burn somebody. Burn 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 the thing. Come on, man, it's crazy. But. Talk about football. I want to just toss to you first. Like, what did you think about the Bayou Classic and Southern, of course, winning the Bayou Classic? And then they're heading on to play Jackson State on this weekend.
0: The atmosphere was giving you got served like the end battle, like all, all the theatrics come at me with everything that you got. That is, you know, we, you know, maybe we could toss it to, um, uh, I forgot the step movie that had Chris Brown, where he died in the first five. Stop! Minutes. Stop the yard. <laughs> yes, you know it was given that beginning. That's literally what this game, this game was. I'm telling you, I had the biggest. This is where I'm talking about the Grambling effect. They started so well defensively and offensively. If you didn't, um, if you haven't been following Grambling, Grambling has been doing a lot of quarterback switches, and they decided for this game they were going to go with their true freshman Calvez and i was actually very proud of his performance it wasn't a bad performance at all he went 13 for 27 passing 152 yards one touchdown pass and a touchdown run his interception came in late uh, it was towards the it was going towards the two the 2 minute warning in the fourth quarter and he was sacked 7 times but other than that why, his stats don't look to the performance that he put on he actually played very well for a freshman and i'm glad that they are coaching up the next quarterback that will be at Grambling. Now, the coaching, I don't know, because Grambling has been up and down. And hasn't. They weren't producing the way that they usually are because Grambling produces a really great football program. This year just happened to be not their year. But the big three, Washington Williams and Chalk, one of the best running backs in D1 right now, if I could say, in HBCU football, both putting up crazy numbers. Chalk the fourth, he is a fourth, rushed the ball eight times for a career high of 120 yards. Check this out, Randall. He averaged 15 yards per carry. Each time he touched the ball, he was running for 20 plus yards. This man was unstoppable, rolling through people, dropping his shoulders like just like how you teach them. And then you had the incredible hurdle by the UAB transfer beam. I I literally rewatched it on the replay five times. The, the hurdle was so clean and then got more yards after the play. That's what Gramley teaches and what they're really good at, teaching players how to get yards after the play. But just like the Falcons and A&T, they are not a second-half team. They were doing good in the first half. They were stalled, though, until the second quarter. They led 7-0, and then all of a sudden, Southern just came back. And honestly, I think Southern's only weapon is their quarterback. But Sean McRae, he went seven out of 17 for 75 yards. He did have a rushing score and a pass score. This man can run. And once when they play in the SWAG Championship, which we'll talk about later, when Southern plays them, I think that is one of the major threats because we we both said this, I think, um, offline, that Shador Sanders is really not a runner. If he can't, at all means, he's going to stay in the pocket and pass. But he has the time to do that. Southern's quarterback McCray being a dual threat like that, I think is what's going to help them in this new game. Also, having Carla John, he had a good game 57 yards, 13 carries, and a score. And then you had Kendrick rhymes They're not the best wide right receivers compared to when you look at Jackson State, but they got the game together. But it was their defense. The defense was absolutely, I just, the pops. The, the fumbles that they caught, the forced fumbles that they caught, the seven sacks that they had, Kristen Davis was the one that had that pick six run for 42 yards, and then there was an interception on that as well, and then Carter had, Jordan Carter had the fumble recovery, so at the end of the game, the game just got sloppy towards the end, and that's where Gurley really struggles, like I said, with second quarter, and just trying to stay on point and on focus they do so well and I think the jitters really got to that true freshman where he's been sacked seven times and then you have a forced fumble then you get the ball knocked out and then you have one interception that's how you lose a game it was a great but the Bayou Classic I couldn't ask I was I felt like a playoff game that right there in the Superdome in Louisiana was the best thing that I've ever watched but you know I mean do you do you have any opinions on it? Because I I can go on and on. I mean, the score speaks for itself. Southern deserved that win just because of what Gramlin did. But I was amazing. This this probably to me was my swag championship. What I wanted to see, honestly.
1: So I, I have a lot of opinions, and I, I feel I feel what you're saying. But so here's here's my thing on it. So if I told you that Gramlin had 201 rush yards. 152 passing yards, they led in both categories, and Bashan, and, and good dude, shout out to him, he's a great runner, only completed seven passes and threw for 75 yards. What would you think? Like, you would think, oh, how much did Southern lose by? No, like, like that, that, like, Gremlin was literally in the box score, and with the eye test, they were the better team. They, they honestly were. Like they were the better team, but like 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 Bisan. He, he just he has to. I, I just I want him to to be better with throwing, because I feel like he's a talent and he's an athlete, but I just don't think he's a quarterback. And, and I used to be like, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you mean he's not a quarterback? I understand now. When it's like it is certain players that would be better at another position. Now I hear that a lot about my guy Lamar Jackson, and if we have time, we'll talk about that. But like he would be better as a running back, honestly. And I think he's out of position because to only connect on seven passes, but you rush for, you know, this amazing amount of yards. like, 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 I just like, that's not a winning formula. You know what I'm saying? That that sort of almost leads to my, my, my Jackson state Southern prediction. But if Grambling had a better quarterback, if they had Devontae Kincaid from back in the day when I really started watching HBCU football, when I was at Fort Valley 2015, 2016, 2017, and you had Grambling that played a and in, in the Celebration Bowl, and you had Grambling that won the second Celebration Bowl against North Carolina Central 10-9. to If we had that Devontae Kincaid-type energy from the quarterback, Grambling wins and the score is probably flipped. It, it, I, I maybe it's like I don't know maybe it's by one touchdown maybe because because you know of course you you had you had the you, you know the recovery and you know that went went to a touchdown you know what I'm saying but like I feel like the game is totally different because grandma doesn't have that dynamic quarterback that can really make plays and is that same thing I said against Jackson State if you had like a Devontae Kincaid or an equivalent great quarterback I think that you know, Grambling wins most of these games. And this is a different season. And maybe they play Jackson State in the SWAC championship. But I think that with Grambling and Hugh Jackson and his crew, I think they had a really good game to start out. But what hurt them is poor play calling. And they do not have the quarterback that can really destroy a defense the way, like almost like Shador is. You got Andrew Body, you got Jeremy Musa. They don't have that guy at Grambling just yet. But maybe in the offseason, when Hugh Jackson gets another recruiting cycle, they go out and get him. But, but, besides a great runner. You know, he led the team in rushing like, and you know, my, my thing is like, I don't understand <laughs> even as Lamar Jackson, I don't understand how quarterbacks get more running yards than their running backs. I don't get it. Cause Eric Phoenix did the same thing during the, during the, during the Tuskegee game. And I think the winged game. So he sort of did like the same thing. I don't really understand that <laughs> to be honest with you because it's like, it's like in the name it says running back. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you running more than the running back? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it doesn't make sense to me but like, it, it works for them and, you know, it, it got them to the win, and it got them down the field, you know and the fact that Southern scored three of their four touchdowns on the ground, I think that says a lot about their offense and who they are, but they have to get better at that position against the Jackson state. And I think going into next year, cause I think that's going to hurt them a whole lot. And you know, like, like you said, like, like Kristen Davis, you know, he iced that game with that 42 yard pick on Julian Calvez. You say he's a true freshman, like C- Kristen Davis got him on that one. 42 yard pick six at grandmas 42 yard line, two minutes, eight seconds left in the game, ran it in there. Killed it. The game was 28 to 17. So Grambling was still very much so in the game. If they go down and score a touchdown, now it's a different game. It could be 28-25 with two-point conversion. But you know, he gets that that pick six and that ends the game. And you just felt the life go out of Grambling. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like, you know, the game was great. The atmosphere was great. Ario, like nothing in this game, nothing at all. Makes me confident that Southern is going to be Jackson State this week. As a matter of fact, I'm even less confident. <laughs> I'm, I'm less confident. I'm I'm basically scared. I feel like I'm wasting my time watching this game. Like honestly, I, like, like I feel like just let them know who wins. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 I, like, like, they're, they're not going to be jacks. If they do put this out, say I was wrong, I will wear it. I've been wrong before. I'm human. But if, if, if someone puts this out and I say Southern's going to lose, can I say? Can I state my case? Can I please state my case? Like, look at this game. Grambling led in both categories. Southern's defense is really good. Dumas is really good. They have a great defense down there. And they play, the defense played pretty well against Jackson State. You know what I'm saying? On, on October, on October the 29th, when college game day was down there, they played really well against Jackson State. But they're not going to beat Jackson State because it's like you cannot play a game like this. You can't have your quarterback like, like throw for 75 yards and, and think you're going to win. And then let's say by some stroke of luck, they do. Let's say that, I don't know. Let's say the Deion Sanders rumors are getting to the players and they're human. So they're like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. am I going to transfer. And they all in their head and, you know, all the different stuff. And they just go out there and they just punt the game. And then Southern steals one. They're not gonna win the championship against North Carolina Central. Like you're not going against Davius Richards, throwing like completing seven passes for 75 yards. That's not happening. You, it, it's like they're gonna lose either way. Like they're waiting for a loss. You know, you know how Shannon Sharp says he's serving hot ales in his restaurant. They're waiting for a hot ale when they get home, like they're the man of the house. Like that's like that's what this way, that's what they're waiting for at this point. Because it's like, you can't do that. And and, and power to that brother, like, like, like with Summer Craig, but he has to be better. Power to him. You know what I'm saying? He's a student athlete. I support him. And I think he's talented. I think he has a place on this team, but just not a starting quarterback. I think maybe put him in, in the running back position. I, like, you know, maybe, I don't know if they play Wildcat, but play more Wildcat. From- I don't I don't know what, what they got to do. But the quarterback position is a problem. And I think that that's going to elude them against a better team in Jackson State and even if they were to be Jackson State which they're not that's going to elude them against a North Carolina Central team because you're not going to protect with Shador Sanders nor Davius Richards
0: you know and you you were just saying that and I I was thinking about the Saints, you know how they do those little quarterback sneaks with Andy Dalton, and I don't know why the other man escapes me. It's not Simeon, but it's um it's another quarterback. Or it seemed like every time he enters, he ran straight through the Falcons in our first meeting. And I'm just sitting here like, when when did they develop this system? And I wouldn't mind seeing McCray do that, like. I, but I haven't seen another quarterback that's come through Southern. That's proven to me that they'll be okay without McCray being the starter. I per, I personally think the reason why he ran it so much is you don't have a backfield just like how Central does. So Davious Richards is able to be a dual threat quarterback because he knows the weapons that he has. He if he can't do it himself, he can trust other people, and I think that's what. I think with the game on the line and wanting to go to that SWAC championship, I feel like that's maybe what he was thinking. I can't say for sure that I need to do everything in my power to win this game, but there's no I in team. There, there, you can, you have to learn how to trust your other players because as good as Southern's defense is, and it is, and they proved that, that's not that's not what's going to win the game against Jackson State. Like there is a very, 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 very like zero point zero 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 zero. maybe I'll throw a nine in there, nine eight that you are going to win against Jackson State, but especially the way that your office is playing, I don't believe it. and I I'm not gonna lie. Devil's advocate again. I'm hoping for an upset. Like I <laughs> I would love because you know we thought Alcorn was going to do it. Then we thought Southern was going to do it. We maybe thought Alabama State was going to get their lick back and didn't. So I'm, I, for me, I don't want them to go to the Celebration Bowl and lose because I think that kind of just speaks to the team. Not Deion Sanders as a coach, but it speaks to the team about what they're doing down there, that you can be so good, but you can't win, you can't win a Celebration Bowl. I'd rather you lose the SWAC championship, than go all the way and lose again. I think that would hurt more. But, you know, like I said, I'm pulling for an upset. Somebody's got to beat them. And if they don't, congrats. But it's definitely not going to be Southern the way that they were playing.
1: So we agree. So someone has to beat them. And we also agree that it's not Southern, okay? We, 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 we agree on that at, at this point. If anybody is North Carolina Central, and we'll talk about that more uh, on next week. But let's really quickly talk about the SWAT championship. 2022 SWAC championship out here. Jackson State versus Southern University rematch. Boombox Classic. Jackson State beat Southern 35-0 to on October the 29th, the day that ESPN College Game Day came on campus, but the game <laughs> was on ESPN 3. <laughs> That's still funny. How, how you bring a whole historic pregame show just for it to be online? But this game going to be on ESPN 2, so th- there's that. You know what I'm saying? Come back, College Game Day. <laughs> Tell me come back. Like we we, we on ESPN 2 this time. Um, But... <laughs> They so Southern lost thirty five to zero, and there's nothing that can convince me that Southern's going to win this game. I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There's nothing, earthfully possible that can convince me that Southern's going to win this game. I like honestly, and I've said this before. I'm a big fan of Southern just by proxy. Like the two the two schools I could have seen myself going to if it wasn't Fort Valley, is Ant two A T to a certain degree. But like fam you and Southern to, to a certain degree, with Angie, you and, <laughs> and Southern, like, I, I, I really am a fan of, of, of those two institutions, both on and off the field. I think that they're amazing schools and I find myself rooting for them no matter what game it is. Like the Bayou Classic, I was rooting for Southern. Like when they got that pick six, I, I was like, yes, I jumped up. I'm like, yes, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause I just naturally root for Southern, you know, but we can't count on Rashawn on, on on McCray. And I want just I have stats to back this up. Just like just by stats. not by not by feelings, by stats. October 29th versus Jackson State Ariel. nine of 26 in passing for 85 yards, one interception, no touchdown, sacked three times. Jackson State has one of the top defenses NFCS, if not d top, if we look at the numbers. Bayou Classics, seven of 17, 75 yards zero passing touchdowns you're not going to run on jackson state you're not running on them you need a dynamic quarterback who's going to win you the game for real like you're you're not good you're not running on on jackson state for real so if you look at october 29th southern rushed for 136 yards and that number is lopsided because of the 52 yard run that gerard sims had that really turned into nothing because they didn't score they didn't get a field goal they didn't get a touchdown so that was a 52 yard run for nothing. So let's just say, let's do math. I'm not that good at math, but I mean I can subtract. So one, so 136 minus 52 is 84. So they rushed for 84 yards minus that play against Jackson State. Now they rushed well against Grambling, but Grambling isn't Jackson State. Grambling gives up 190 yards rushing a game. Southern rushed for 181 and had three touchdowns on the ground. You know what I mean? So, like, for, for me, looking at the numbers, Jackson State ain't the team that that, that you're going to run on for real. So, how are you going to score? Because you didn't score uh, in, in the first game. Like, what are you going to do this time? You know, because the defense played well. It, it wasn't the defense. Southern Southern didn't get outclassed. Like, it was a point where FAMU got outclassed against Jackson State. Southern didn't get outclassed. They just got outscored because the defense showed up. And then you had that 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 first drive with Deion Sanders. He went for for, for the for for the the, the the fourth down conversion. He tried to go for it on fourth down, and it didn't work. And then Southern stopped him. You know what I'm saying? They had some great stops. If you have a quarterback that goes in there and moves down the field for a field goal or gets a touchdown, we're looking at a drastically different game. But it just simply did not happen. So on Southern side. I just believe that they can't win. And just really quickly, I'll say about Jackson State before I talk about you, URL is that Jackson State, like I said, is they're very talented and they've been tested. I think they're really a team with championship DNA. But the problem is they haven't seen a quarterback that can solve their defense. And they haven't seen a really dynamic quarterback for real, arguably, since Jeremy Musa, who didn't do that well versus them, has Malik Williams for Campbell, he did okay. He, he was all right, but Hasmalee Williams is, is a better quarterback. I think he played a little bit better against AT than he did against Jackson State. And that might have been because of Jackson State's defense. And of course, Andrew Body is, is, is a great quarterback. Andrew Body did okay versus, versus uh Jackson State. And I don't think they're gonna face a dynamic quarterback that can really solve their defense and that they have the game plan for until they play Davia Richards but versus you know like North Carolina Central. You know what I'm saying so like I, I honestly think that you know that's going to be what eludes Southern, but that's what's going to hurt Jackson State is like when you play North Carolina Central because I think they're going to win the championship <laughs> when you play North Carolina Central, you plan a different quarterback. so are you going to be able to game plan and stop Davies Richard? like that's really the question because but the thing that could hurt Jackson State is, and this isn't in my notes, this is just from how I feel, the thing that could hurt Jackson State is the outside noise. That could hurt them because the chatter about Deion Sanders possibly leaving and all these different jobs popping up and him not definitively saying, no, I'm not going, which of course in a negotiation, if he's planning to go, he can't say that. But the fact that there's sort of an open-endedness to those rumors, that could put your head in the clouds a little bit that can make you sort of figure out and think, yo, what's going to happen? Do I stay here? Am I going to transfer with him? Like, what's going to happen? Because that's just the business of college sports. Do I think that's going to happen? I don't really think so. Because I think they want to go to the Celebration Bowl and win because they didn't win last year. But I think that these players are human. And I know for me, I would feel a way about that. And hopefully, and Deion Sanders is, is, is a great man. And I think he's a great communicator. So I think all of those things combined together. I think he had a sit down with his team, no cameras, nothing like that, and told him, listen, y'all, I'm going to be real with y'all. There are jobs that's looking at me, and, you know, for the right job, I might I might leave. But I'm here right now, and I'm present right now. with Jackson State right now. so we, Right now, we can go out and win. You know, like, like I think that hopefully he's had that conversation. I don't know if he has. I have, I have no sources on that. But I think if he has, he should, because that could be what loses. I don't, I think, Southern doesn't beat Jackson State. I think Jackson State beats Jackson State. If Travis Hunter's thinking, man, I can't Jackson State play to play with Deion Sanders. Am I? Going, I guess I'm leaving with him, right? You know what I'm saying? These other folks where it's like, well, I mean, like, am I? Can I play at the Power Five level, like, or can I play at the Group of Five level? Like, like I think that that could beat them. And then possibly if Southern does find a way to run the ball, maybe Bassan makes us all look crazy. Well, not me, because you, you you said he, he was he was he's a dual threat. I, I don't think he's a good threat. I think he's a great runner. But let's say he proves me wrong, and, 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 and I'm, I'm like the guy that motivated him. I'm going to be like, I sure didn't say you couldn't throw, because I'm, I'm a real one. I said you couldn't throw, you threw. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be like, yeah, I, no, I, I'm a real one. You know what I'm saying? But like, maybe he does throw. But I just I just don't don't see it for Southern winning. But I think that a Jackson State beats itself, and they're in their head because of what the, the press conference could be Or what next week could be leading into Celebration Bowl, or even what after Celebration Bowl could be when Deion Sanders says, I'm going to USF, or I'm going to Colorado, or I'm going to this school that was talking to me that just emerged. I think that that could really be the problem.
0: When you were saying Jackson State can only be Jackson State, it just kind of reiterates that Jackson State is a very superior team. Like, even if you do win against them, is it really a win? knowing their like knowing who they are in their history like you can you can say that I, I feel like you can say that in playoffs and you can say that um well I don't know in this playoff particular situation Southern can be proud of a win but most, mostly if it was a different competitor in the playoff and if it was a celebration bowl. You can say that should be Jackson state, but at this very moment, you're right. Only Jackson state could be, can beat Jackson state. And I, I personally believe I have hope and I have faith that I, I think he did have that conversation because it's all in the news and you mm-hmm. got to make sure that your players keep their head in the game. And I, but back to, back to what I was saying, I do want to recant my statement. I don't think McCray is a dual threat. I do think he there's a difference between being a dual threat and you can do both things, but one really well. So Davies Richards is a dual threat. We know he can pass. We know he can run. He can use his legs. But Sean McRae, and I'm going to prove this in stats for, his, for this season, he is an okay quarterback. He can run, and sometimes that's what you need. But when it comes to throwing, you have been shaky, and you were even shaky in this last game. He only has two... Honestly, two weapons that he can use between Kedrick Rhines, which is his running back, and another running back, which is Carl John. His wide receiver depth is very, very low. So we're not going to see him make those really nice Hail Mary passes or those 20-plus yard passes, because we know Jackson State, and they have a really good defense, and they're actually really good when it comes to -to man-to-man coverage. You're not missing that on Jackson State, especially on their defense. So only having your running game, and they know that's the only thing you have, and especially if they know this quarterback likes to run a lot, they're already going to cut that in the first half. And that's what worries me. Jackson State knows how to get up and get going when it comes to the first half, especially the first quarter. Southern is not that kind of team, especially with – the lack of depth that they have of trying to make plays happen. Because after, honestly, after the third quarter, you didn't see much of Kendrick Rhymes, You didn't see much of Carl or John after that. It was basically the defense. The defense were forcing those fumbles. The defense had an interception. The defense had a turnover on downs. The defense was stopping at fourth and short. Bashawn McCray McRae didn't do anything for them. So that's that's one of my main concerns. But also this, when we talk about stats and why he isn't as great as Shador Sanders. Throughout this whole season, he's 58%. Shador Sanders is looking close to 75%. Mm. That's a huge difference. And then you look at them defensively because I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Jackson State is 38% more productive in defense than they are versus Southern. And this is just their top three players players. So you're looking at a defense from Jackson State that you're they're looking and as soon as you throw the ball, they're ready to intercept it, they're ready to bat it down or they're they're going to not let you get to the person that you were aiming for that you had locked in as a target. So you're thinking about I have a quarterback and I don't know a solution for him. Only have two main running backs and I have maybe one wide receiver that's going to do it for me and now I'm playing against a defense that outrates me out tackles me out fumbles me out pressures me and D- Jackson State is no to put the pressure especially in the pocket there is statistically and realistically no way that Southern wins do they get beat bad no I'm never going to say that. I feel like Southern can hold their own like most teams have. I feel like Southern might hold a little bit better, honestly, and I could be wrong, than Alabama State. They might show some fight in them, but not enough fight where they're going to go through and feel satisfactory about themselves. Because if the only thing that helps me beat Jackson State is they worry if I'm losing a coach or not, that's sad. You need to to think of another game plan than this. And if I – was southern's coach i'll be thinking of what other weapons like what other freshmen do i have because these running backs are freshmen you're looking at freshmen you're looking at the next installment of your team you need to start pulling out that roster because other than that hey mccray is going you can mccray is going to get crushed you can't just be you can't run against jackson state they will hurt you and you will be out for the rest of the game and then you really losing at that at that point so oh, sorry southern if you're listening we do love you. We do support you, just not in this instance specifically.
1: But, you know, I just personally believe that, you know, you can't predict sports and it's all about what happens on the field, but also what's going on mentally. That's why I say the caveat that Jack State beats himself, I think that is going to go another way and Southern should capitalize on that if that is the case. But let's go on to get out of here. Arya, where can we find you on social media?
0: You can follow me on Twitter at Sgrewee underscore underscore or go to my website at com.
1: So I got a lot to plug this week. Uh, So first and foremost, um, we have a big announcement that is coming up on my birthday. My birthday is Christmas Day, December 25th, 1996. It's not not happening in 1996. It's happening in 2022. But it's going to be, you know, a big announcement that's coming on, on that day. Uh, and Ariel's going to know about it after this. Like, it's a big announcement coming on that day. She already knows, but, you know, it's it's big. Um, but also, I really would love if you all could check out my article about the Bayou Classic numbers, uh, as well as my video about the ratings breakdown of the Celebration Bowl, the Bayou Classic, the Swack Challenge, and also the Orange Blossom Classic. Because honestly, and I don't have the time to really truly get into it here, I just believe that we have to value our product more. And I think the biggest reason why HBCUs aren't getting the visibility that it should is because we're in bad deals. And I think it's insane that in 2022, in a post 2020 world, when we're supposed to value black life and black spaces. We only have now two HBCU games. That's on network television. I, I think that that's insane. Yeah. You have ESPN that does attribute these games and, ESPN plus and whatnot. We can go into the quality of the games, but there's no reason why Fox and MB- NBC, NBC should have more games and Fox should have a game and CBS shouldn't have a game. I know that, you know, the out of conference money games. Uh, I think that Alabama a and versus UAB game was on CBS sports, but I'm talking about like CBS, CBS, like late show with Stephen Colbert and like, like, you know saying? Nancy O'Donnell CBS. That's what I'm talking about. So I, I go into that a whole lot and I think it's just important probably the most important work I've done because I'm really into media, but I feel like with this one, I struck goal. And hopefully, you know, Dr. Holloman with the SIAC, he was the AD at Fort Valley and he was with the FSU foundation. He was there when I was there, you know, uh, you know, Dr. Charles Mcquellan and, and other HBCU conference leaders, you know, you have Dr. Kiki Barnes with the GCAC. Hopefully they, they listen. Cause I, I just think that we should value our product more. So that's all out now took A while to get it out, but it's out now. Please go watch it and go support it and go share it. Um, but also you can follow HBCU Post on Instagram at HBCU Post YouTube. Type in HBCU Post, you'll find us Twitter and TikTok, the HBCU Pulse. Make sure to follow HBCU Post on our podcast feeds, HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, IHeart Radio. And also, last but not least, you can watch the HBCU Post channel on HBCU League Pass Plus. We are channel 201. By the side of that, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, we'll see you on the other side for Celebration Bowl preview. (laughs) Jackson State versus North Carolina Central. Let's be real. All right, talk to y'all later. (laughs) Let's be real here.